0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about studying law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Student Lawyer. Today we are joined by Rollo Speak, and Rollo graduated from Durham University with a first-class degree. While at university, he was uh, the social secretary of the Meeting Society and the president of the Clay Pigeon Club, which I'm very interested in. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us here today.
1: Thank you for having me, Stephanie. This is this is great.
0: Uh, since
2: graduating, um, Rollo, you have secured vacation schemes at international law firms like Norton Most, Fulbright, and McFarland's, and Magic Circle law firms Clifford Chant, and Linklaters, where you have secured a training contract. So,
0: congratulations! Thank
1: you. Um,
0: very exciting time.
1: Yeah, no, it is exciting, yeah, and no, I'm looking forward <laughs> to starting. Yeah.
0: So let's just jump in because I'm very interested to know sure. about your education and future career. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the main reasons that you actually decided to pursue a career in law stuff at the beginning?
1: Sure. So I haven't always wanted to be a lawyer and, and generally I, I don't kind of live and breathe the law, yeah. uh, just, just I, I don't dream of reading through statute books and, and that kind of thing. But for me, um, what's always kind of piqued my interest is like it's it's the more specific MA and corporate finance and that kind of sort of subset of of law. Um, and so then within that interest, like there's kind of only really two paths that can go down. One is the law side, the other is the investment banking side. Mm-hmm. And I was always a bit more interested in the law side. Um, I didn't really so fancy doing quantitative modeling and dealing with that many numbers and stuff like that. But like within that, I think the reason why that's interesting and, and cool as a thing, so M&A, is, is like practicing in corporate transactions, it, it gives you um, a front row seat to, to work on deals which really sort of change the global business landscape and as a follow up uh, with that you get to work directly with like some really powerful people the CEOs of big companies uh, in what's often kind of the most important and transformative moment of their own careers which is which is also pretty cool and then i think just as a final little point because they're also very sector specific and stuff you get to become like a little bit of an expert in whatever it might be just for a short period of time. And then maybe yeah. just so you start to get bored with that sector, deal's over and so you yeah. get to move on to something else. So that's kind of, that's the reasoning, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think that being involved in law, doing something like that, where you can, Learn on the job all these new things, yeah. Whilst earning money from it, like it doesn't sound too bad. It's not really a job, <laughs> is it? You're just out there good. educating yourself. That's absolutely right. Growing as a person and yeah. helping other people's great at the same time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a Can't really from, think of any other no. Like it really. No, you can't. Yeah. So just let's rewind a
2: little bit back to um, your your education. So uh, not only did you. Score incredibly high grades in your GCSEs, um, but you also got forty five percent. Sorry, forty five points in your IB examinations. So that's uh, for those who don't know, the IB stands for International um, Baccalaureate, which is an international education qualification promoting personal and academic achievement. And the, wow. the, <laughs> and the average, that
1: sounds far more <laughs> exciting than it was.
2: No, yeah, wow, it sounds interesting because it focuses on like personal achievement as well. Um, and I, I did a little bit of research this morning mm. and found out that the average score for the UK is thirty four point three nine points.
1: That's that's some good research. And,
2: um, <laughs> And the global <laughs> average is 29.78 huh. so the fact that you got 45 i did some little number crunching and found out that that's 51 percent above average so that's Honestly, blown away.
0: That, that,
1: that sounds okay that doesn't sound so bad now you say it yeah, yeah.
2: So I, I just want to know what your secret is are you, are you a fast learner or, or do you just have this per, like a perfect technique or are you just really really bright <laughs>
1: no I, none of those things um i think probably the first thing to mention is uh, i mean i was just very lucky both in exams and also oh. i was i was very fortunate to go to a very good school yeah. and um <clears throat> And, and so there you have really good teachers and, and they really, really care. And so I wouldn't dream of taking all the credit for that because cause a lot definitely goes to them. Oh, um, that's humble. Well, <laughs> it's, it's true, though. It is yeah. true. Um, but I think probably uh, one of the biggest things, which isn't necessarily obvious because when, when, people talk about, oh, revise this way or prepare that way or do this or do that. Mm-hmm. It, it's It's... Uh, try and just be very tactical and pragmatic about the way you go about studying. And this this does go for the IB, it goes for GCSEs, it goes for your university degree as well. And I've got quite a, a good little story for this. So at IB you do have to do um, maths of some sort as part of this, as you said, personal okay. growth and yeah. who knows. Um, but so there's three tiers of maths that you can do at IB. So you can do high-level maths, which is for wow. the sort of super whiz kid, future Einstein's going to be rocket scientists and that kind of thing. Yeah. Then you can do standard maths, which is, you know, it's, it's not quite so hard, but it's, it's respectable. Still, 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 it's Yes, yeah. it's difficult. It is. It's very, very tough. You could definitely sort of go and be a hard-hitting accountant with, with your numeracy following that. And then there's math studies, which is... Wow. Kind of look down on and, and, and people sort of spit out the words math studies. With, exactly, that's it. Yeah, they sort of look down with disdain. <laughs> Dirty and kind of, words, that's, that's it. That's,
0: the abacus the corner. That, that's
1: exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sort of look down on people who do math studies as kind of cavemen. Right.
0: and Stop. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> but so um, the thing is, is most people, therefore, do standard maths because oh, right. they don't necessarily want to do higher level, but but they want to do something respectable. Yeah. They don't want to be mocked or teased or whatever. I, I wanted to be one of those cavemen who did the maths studies right, because okay. I thought that'd be more straightforward. And, and the outcome of doing that is this. So at my school, which is very good for the IB, I think the average mark in standard maths in my year was a five or a six, which is equivalent of a B or a C at oh, A gosh. level. Um, whereas the average mark for math studies is, is a high seven, which is yeah. like a high A star. And then the thing is, is if you're just doing a lower level maths anyway, just to take this example, you're not going to be going into a mathematical career and no university, no future job will care, or probably even know the difference yeah. between science maths or maths studies. Mm-hmm. And so the point of this is, is where you have uh, uh, ways to sort of uh, exploit, sounds like a dirty word, but w- w- within the sort of uh, uh, realms of what you can do, my view would be to sort of choose the practical and tactical route to do as well as you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, and and you can deal with a lot of that yourself without even having to think about revising or working hard. It's just sort of setting yourself up from the start. So that's that's a big point, I'd say. Yeah, so
0: that little was thing like work smart, not work hard. That's exactly it, that's, that's play.
1: exactly right, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think just just more generally with sort of revision and, and learning and stuff, I do not think there's any perfect technique. I mean, everyone's different, yeah. everyone mm-hmm. sort of learns differently. Um, but I'd say probably just generally uh, as a rule of thumb, if you don't understand something, sort of nail that on the head immediately. So don't kind of leave that until the end of the year or until yeah. the exam period and then go, oh my God, I don't understand. Yeah. It's if you don't understand that day work or that week, that work on that, mm. go to your teacher, go to your lecturer at university, go to the office hours, whatever it might be, and just go, I don't understand, please sort of help me work this out. And then uh, I think overall that will help a lot more. Yeah. So... Yeah,
0: sweep things under the mat.
1: That's exactly (laughs) it. It will come back. Well, that's right. And then Sod's Law, exactly the thing that you sort of didn't quite understand, that will be question one on the exam paper. Of course. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah,
0: it it
1: does, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It's like, oh no, the thing that
2: you know the best doesn't
0: come off.
1: That's exactly right. Why did that
0: happen?
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. So,
0: Part of the IB the exam, uh, you had to do a an essay of like your choice, a theory of knowledge essay. Yeah. It just out of interest, what did you do yours
1: on? Because you could choose. Whatever sure. You wanted, yeah. Right? It's, I, they're, they're also quite weird, and they're all about knowledge and learning, and it's, it ties together all these different bits from from the IB. And as far as I can remember, mine was kind of about different perspectives on knowledge and, and how different people's perspectives of, of things that happened. A, a, a sort of can conflict, and how you can sort of get better knowledge by sort of testing each other's opinions and, and things like that. And so the obvious example uh, in my essay was I talked about like the um, uh, Andrew Wakefield and the MMR vaccine, uh, all the controversy stuff oh, back really? in like two thousand, uh, where where the MMR was linked to like autism, and it was sort of all completely uh, debunked subsequently. But everyone was sort of really really nervous at the time; they thought this was a real thing. But in fact, it was just really, really bad, like scientific method. Right. And so it was only subsequently when other people with their own perspectives came and tested his method and his, his findings that it was debunked. And so it's uh, it was kind of roughly on that as far as I can remember. So
0: nice. it, it, was, it
1: was quite cool. It's interesting though, yeah.
0: Why did you decide to do that? Uh,
1: honestly, I've-, I've <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: you're playing on the spot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So I'll go back and ask 16 year old me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I I thought, okay, what's something that would seem that that's like so quite interesting and also slightly controversial in the sense of uh, as an event when it happened, and is also a very clear example of of like the values of of testing each other's not or testing knowledge and different perspectives and, and that kind There's of thing. A lot
2: to get your teeth into, really,
1: isn't there? With, with there is. Fun. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's actually quite an easy one to do in the end. So yeah, it's good. <laughs>
2: So you finished um, high school and, and enrolled um, onto the LLB at Durham University. So again, you scored extremely high marks and, and graduated f- um, with a first-class degree. Um, was the transition from college to, or yeah, high school, college to... is it co- It's college, isn't
1: it? I, uh, or or, or t- yeah. high school, college, sixth form, <laughs> so cool. a, a, any and all of the above. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Edit that bit yeah. slightly. <laughs> I was just reading it off here
0: and
2: I was like, hey, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we left high school. Okay. Um, yeah. So was the transition from school to university easy for you? Uh, what advice would you give students who have just started the LLB and struggling to adapt or keep up with the workload? Because it can be a big sure. Up, can't it? Yeah, Obviously no, it can. It's, it's, it's a good question.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think the first thing is, is it's it's not easy for anyone. Um it's a very different style of, of thinking and, and learning and being marked. Yeah. You're not being marked to a mark scheme. Just suddenly you submit an essay and then some professor gives you a two two and it's holistic and you don't know why and you don't get much feedback and you're all yeah. a little bit confused. But so I think just that general point is is don't worry. Um, everyone's finding it difficult in first year. Uh, everyone is struggling and, and to some extent it just it just takes time. You just you just have to sort of knuckle down and kind of get on with it and accept that it's you're having a difficult time, and, and you just find that marginally, it'll get 1% easier every right. single day. And so then by the time you get to second and third year, you look back and you go, oh yeah, wow, I didn't know what I was doing, but it does sort of make sense now. Um, and I mentioned this previously about school, but where you don't understand something. So you're going through a lecture and it's something something criminal or whatever it is, you don't understand it. I, you tend to kind of have office hours with your.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: So if you can't sort of find the, the answer in your textbook, just just go and talk to them. Go and ask, yeah. and, and a lot of the time, the, the, the sort of tutors and lecturers are happy to help out and happy to take you through it. Yeah. Um So I, I think that's that's quite a good um, a good tip.
2: Good way for
1: adapting. And then just maybe another thing is, um, in terms of feeling overwhelmed, like there's so much work and stuff to do, and. Um, I don't think you have to do all of it, if, if you know what I mean. So, at Durham, for some odd reason, it's it says online per law module per year you're expected to do two hundred and forty hours of work, and that includes your twenty hours of lectures and your tutorials. I was thinking two hundred and forty hours of work per per module. That that would sort of have me working nine am till nine pm <laughs> all year round. It's yeah. it's more like in in reality you might do sixty or eighty or hundred hours of work across. So. The expectations that seem to be there at the start yeah. aren't necessarily true or valid, and and it just takes some time to work out what you can do and what you actually need to. As you said, like the sort of working smart, not hard. Yeah. It's just working out over time what you and it does take time to work out. So if you're struggling at the start, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It, it will.
2: I definitely remember when I was studying law, and uh, and I sometimes had a hundred pages to read a day. Yeah. And it'd be like. Yeah. Okay, and then you have to answer
0: the questions on top of that. and Mad. Go do you think that you anything? need to do all that reading?
1: <laughs> no. Um, okay,
0: yeah. so, so I am in my first year, uh-huh. so I've just gone into my second term. Yeah. And I work full-time, and it's yeah. a part-time degree. Sure. Even though it's still in four years, so it's, it's kind of part-time, but kind of... That's difficult. Though. Yeah, it, there's a lot to do. Yeah. So I have Saturday and Sunday free. Yeah. And I try to, like, squeeze in little bits throughout the week. Sure. But I at the moment, I don't really feel like I'm getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now that might just me, be me like starting off new and freaking out a little bit. Yeah. But it's always good to speak to somebody that's kind of gone through it sure. and says that, you know, it's okay, you don't it, need to do everything. It, it is everything. okay.
1: And, and, and I wish they would sort of tell you this a bit more as you start and as you sort of go through the law degree. Um, because I, I think the important thing is, especially in first year, it's just nail the basics Uh, and and all the various frills and extras that go along with it is unnecessary. And if you you really know the basics well, you'll get a 2-1, no problem. Um, And and so what that means in practice is, so you're doing your 100 pages of reading late into the night and half it doesn't make sense. It's boring because it's a law textbook, let's be honest. (laughs) Uh, 150 cases are mentioned. But in reality, there are eight cases out of those which are relevant Mm. there's four principles of law and there's just by by really knowing that and really understanding that properly that will actually stand you in better stead than someone who kind of thinks they know more cases or whatever but just doesn't yeah, understand yeah. it and yeah. get it basically so it's scratching the
0: surface but yeah like of lots of things that's exactly right going down deep into the sometimes it could points. be reading in like a lot of opinion can't it like different people's yeah. opinions
2: on, on things which is definitely helpful for getting that overview of the topic but sure. actually like you said nailing the basics is probably the best place to start
1: yeah can, can, can i share a little secret go on so uh, it only took, well, it did take me all three years to kind of figure this out. But last year for my final year at Dunn, I didn't buy any textbooks wow. for any of my modules, just because I realized that over, over the course of the three years, it was kind of a waste of money. I didn't really use them that much. They, they, and it's just, you're sat there with this imposing thousand page tome. Yeah. And, and in reality, just the lecture notes and going and reading the relevant chunks of the sort of two or three cases, that's the sort of core bit and then if you really understand I would still prefer to go and speak to a lecturer than have yeah. to like try and yeah. tear through 100 pages of arcanely worded stuff in a textbook so I just yeah I, I mean, it's only personal but I, I think when you're sort of sat there and you're told you have to do all this reading you have to do all this mm. that, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that
2: has, you know that has been a common trend amongst yeah. people that we we've kind of interviewed who've got first class degrees they've it has been a common trend to just actually work smart, yeah, rather than trying trying to do everything and then actually having not, a mental breakdown. Yeah, That's not it. not actually getting that far, yeah, because you're trying to spread yourself so thin. I, yeah. I, I, and,
1: and it's and it's so stressful if you're sat there and you think, oh, I've. Three hundred pages of region reading to do, and because you have to read so much, you're doing a constant. You don't understand half of it, you forget half of it, and you just you freak yourself out. Yeah. Right? yeah. Whereas if you if you just get the basics and you just have that under control, um, you're sorted for any problem question in an exam. Um, if you with the basics and if you read a couple of articles, you're sorted for essays in exam, and yeah. you will do well. Yeah. And I, and I I and it is only personal, but I don't personally. See almost any benefit to just being forced to read tons yeah. and tons and tons of material in these textbooks, which doesn't turn out to be enormously helpful. All the time.
0: I find that I just carry my textbooks to <laughs> university, back from university to my home, back to work. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever open them. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've just found out that you you can download the textbook to your email, like you can download it from yeah, Moodle yeah. and get it on your email and the computer reads it to you as well. So,
1: yeah, I think we
0: should definitely spread
1: this secret. It's, it's true. And then if you get an online copy and you want to find something, you can sort of control F the page oh, yeah. rather than having okay. to read 50 pages to, to figure out this one. Yeah. And so it's, Yeah. Um, we need to remember that we're that in the 21st century. For,
2: uh, I think that actually sets up better for career in law because you, you're not going to be able to absolutely right. reading 100 pages. You mm. need to find the answer for your client quickly.
1: That's right? absolutely right. They, they're yeah.
2: paying you by the hour. They don't you to sit there reading. Yeah.
1: yeah. They, 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 they sort of, I, I don't think the client would be sort of particularly happy if, if they call you up and say, I want an answer. You go, okay, let me sort of go and read nine volumes of Hallsbury's Laws of England <laughs> and I'll come back to you in two weeks with... <laughs> nine potential answers Uh, yeah Yeah. i think you'd be fired very
0: good advice when did the penny drop for you then with this like when did you realize that you didn't need to do all of Um, reading and and how did you figure out what you needed to do
1: so i'm not sure that the penny dropped so much as i just i found the reading with these it's just so boring and i just thought that there has to be another way to do this yeah because i'm not doing this for three years and that's that and that's the starting point. and do you sort of get like lecture notes and stuff from? Yeah, so
0: our lecture slides become available yeah. a day or so before the lecture. Sure. Um, and then the recording is posted after as well.
1: Yeah. So like with that, I, I think a lot of the core cool material is it's just it's yeah. from the lectures, mm-hmm. and then maybe go and have a look at the most relevant case or two. Um, but yeah, I just. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah I, I just I, I figured out I'm not interested in in the textbook and if, if you want to um, online for a few quid you can pick up revision guides which yeah. is a sort of super condensed uh, into sort of 100 pages for the exam for employment law for contract law and it won't be exactly the same as your course but it'd be 90% the same yeah and it will just be the right. sort of
2: the nutshells book type of thing
1: exactly right yeah yeah and and again by and large Unless you're sort of wanting to get um, a beautiful high first, where your exam script is, is published in journals, if if you just want to get a decent two one, at least yeah. as a starting point, because it's difficult law. Um, mm. Say those revision guides and just doing the basics is yeah. that that's the way yeah. to do it. I think yeah. yeah.
0: Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Really it will don't. Be put, easier.
1: That's it. Yeah. I really think our
0: listeners will be very yeah. pleased to hear that. I think you can look at things from a clear perspective when when you not when you don't have like a fog of cloud of That's stress it.
1: And, and it is really stressful in, in first year because because you just you, you, you don't have that benefit of hindsight but with the benefit of hindsight relax it's it, it will be okay it will figure out it will figure itself out um law essays are still confusing to me now so uh, i i don't know if, if anyone can ever crack those particularly but you can still do okay and, yeah. and not have a clue how to write a proper law essay. So. Good
0: to know. <laughs> Good advice. Um, so I mentioned before that you were involved in the Clay Pigeon Club and president of it.
1: That's right. So yeah. Tell
0: me a bit about that because it sounds like a lot of fun. I don't think they have that in my uni.
1: Yeah, it's, it is it is cool. Um, it's, so you, sort of, you go out and you shoot clay discs, which for some odd reason they call clay <laughs> pigeons, even though they're not birds, they don't look like pigeons or anything like that. but. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it gets the sort of a way to to kind of release the pressure and
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, a of
0: downtime. That's right. Important,
1: and, and and I can sort of pretend to call it a sport, even though there's no real sort of physical activity involved, and so
0: very few kind aching well. limbs. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. She, I don't know, shooting a gun. That's quite actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. You, you get some arm gains <laughs> from sort of doing it, and and yeah, get 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 the get the biceps of.
2: <laughs> did you did you have uh, people asking you about that in in interviews? I did yeah. an
1: awful lot because I, I think it's sort of obviously not that common yeah, yeah. um and so it, it's just on one hand like so quite interesting like what, what it's like and, and how you do it and all the rest of it and then but uh, probably a lot more questions on the president administrative side yeah. of like actually i mean you've
0: got a good mix going on there. yeah
1: yeah it's, it's fun though I, I would recommend i would recommend it's it's worth a worth a try and it's it's not um uh, as often as portrayed this sort of um Thing that people are made in chelsea do it's if, if you just go along to your sort of local clay shooting ground it's just every ordinary person off the street right that it's pretty cheap to do um and it's fun it's I great I think we've got a, a local <laughs> we'll to go to, <laughs> to, to <laughs> be fair that there are a few so, around no. Essex. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah 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 do you know what, when i when i first started um my degree, I joined the Latin and Ballroom Dance That thought, sounds fantastic. Well, I thought I was going to be like Ginger Rogers. Or, or, <laughs> let's go with Ginger, not Fred Astaire. Um, but yeah, I've always been a Ricky, Ricky Martin. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Martin. <laughs> That's what I thought it was going to be like. I was like, going to starve the show. <laughs> I've always been like a performing arts kind of geek. But uh, that was difficult and I gave up after after. Fo- oh confidence. no I but mean, no. I, I, I couldn't do everything. Like I do like sure. to be quite like um active in all these societies. Yeah. And I heard that law students should get involved in stuff that's not so like academic like
1: absolutely right I think
0: but I wasn't very good at it so I dropped out on festival
1: (laughs) I know that's that's obviously so gutted I know maybe next year yeah next year and then it's
0: a lot it's a lot harder than
1: it looks I bet I bet (laughs) but it's a potential alternative career in Strictly Come Dancing or or something if you see well I just
0: like the outfits and all the glitter (laughs) <laughs> but they didn't give me um, a, pair of, a pair of shoes first of all apparently you had to earn those oh <laughs> I don't know. dancing. Uh... <laughs> I do that at home in my kitchen <laughs>
1: mm.
0: <clears throat> so you were also part of the mooting society um now this is probably very naive of me but I often associate people that are involved in mooting with people that are interested in a career at the
1: bar um
0: was it during this time that you decided that you were more suited to a career as solicitor?
1: Um, Funny enough, it was, uh, yeah, I was kind of a bit interested in the bar when, when I went to, yeah. when I started at Durham. Um, but in first term of first year, I, I sort of been getting involved in the meeting society a bit and stuff. And yeah. they'd put on this um, little kind of quite intimate dinner, which was with the sort of current, uh, exec of the society who run it and so sort of people who might want to join it and the keen beans. Yeah. Um, and I, I found myself sat opposite the president um, of that year, of the meeting society, who is um, a phenomenally intelligent, like a real, you know, you just meet those people sometimes and you're like, wow, yeah. this person will be on the Supreme Court in a number mm-hmm. of years or, or there's just, there's that type. Yeah. And he's one of them. Um, and he. Got pupillage when he was still at university as an undergrad, which is pretty much unheard, very of, unheard of. Which yeah. is yeah. So so no masters, no straight in wow. in in with in, in third year. So that there he was as a so twenty year old or whatever at a top chambers. So so he's he's one of those people. Wow. Um. And anyway, so so he so if he turns to me, he goes so Um. So might be interested in the bar. I was going yeah maybe. I goes look okay. This is some quite brutal advice, but I would tell it to everyone potentially interested in the bar and it's it's you need to know for sure and i'm not talking arrogance or overcome you have to be really sure that you are the best out of the next 500 or a thousand applicants wow otherwise but because if, if top chambers take on one people yeah. and there's undergrads and there's maybe five to ten years of people who yeah. are between the age of 20 or 30 who are applying mm-hmm. th- those are kind of the odds yeah and 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 so it's it, it's uh, so I'm not trying to kill dreams here or anything, but it's it's you, you just have to be so aware of of the realities of the bar, and and if you really want to achieve, you have to.
0: It's brutal. It is it's brutal. like Hunger Games.
1: It is. It is. Yeah. What one yeah. survives? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and then what's, what's crazy is, isn't it the case that sometimes even at the end of pupillage, you're not. You don't get tenancy, uh-huh. so so even when you think you've kind of won and you've right, got pupilage, yeah. and then you've even gone through that.
2: That's not the whole battle, is it?
1: That's that's half yeah, it. that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, at that point, uh, me being so sort of quite pragmatic, I thought, okay, let's let's sort of put a pause on that one and leave that one alone. And um, definitely not sort of that the brightest guy out of the next five hundred or a thousand. So we'll just yeah, we'll just let that one sort of die quietly. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Um, I'm sure you would have made it. Oh, but... uh,
1: I... Uh,
0: Did you enjoy mooting, though?
1: I loved it. Yeah. It was great. And I would recommend it to any and all law students, yeah. regardless of whether you want to go to the bar or or actually even especially if you want to be a solicitor. Um, and I think it helps in applications and people mention it in interviews. And um, I, I think in a funny way, because sort of lawyers and law students associate those who are going to the bar as the brainy academic ones... Um, just so by being part of the meeting society, maybe going to in, in your application or into an interview, this would mistake me as one yeah. of these brainy ones who goes go to the bar. And I'm thinking, ha-ha, they, you guys have made a mistake. But this, no, is, this is... No,
0: I just did basic
2: <laughs>
1: math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly right, yeah. I, I am indeed a caveman. I just did math studies. Um, but it's it's great for public speaking. Um, it's really good for your undergrad law degree just because... Uh, in doing a moot at short notice, you're effectively being told to research a point of law, order your thoughts, and sort of argue, uh, argue a point. A- and this is the structure of an essay. It's it's all of these things which are just so helpful for kind of developing the legal skills in your legal mind as you progress through. Um, and also on an aside or, or, or a point more connected to interviews, say, for training contracts and that kind of thing. If you turn up um, and it's your first experience of being sat across from a partner or, or, or an older, more, more learned sort of legal uh, expert and they start grilling you, of course, you go, be like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm nervous. Yeah. But a, at least if you've gone through the horror of, of messing up a moot and being yeah. grilled by a judge or whoever it might be yeah. into oblivion, yeah. it's horrible then. Um, uh-huh. But it, it can only get better from there. You've already had the worst experiences. So then, sort of going and sitting in a nice interview, it's it's way more relaxed it's actually. It's very
0: important to go and um, totally mess up. It is. When I first, I've only done a couple of mooting training sessions. Yes. And um, we, we're doing our training session. We're going yeah. to come back the next week. We're going to be taking part in a competition. Mm-hmm. So I'm like asking some of the barristers at the chambers that I work at. Yeah. Like, can you help me out? <laughs> help me prepare my skeleton argument. Yeah, yeah. And it got to like the Friday night before, sure. and um, one of them was like, "Do you know what, Steph?" Just go and just suck. Yeah. Because because that's part of it. Yeah. Like you need to know like what it feels like and you need to know that everybody goes through it. Yeah. And there are gonna be times in court where you go and you freeze. Yeah. It's just life. Yeah. And it's just part yeah. of being barrister. So you go to tomorrow <laughs> and you
1: screw, screw. It, it's up. it's such a fair point though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: But I think the thing is you were in what second Week of you Second week of uni. Uh,
0: I don't know if that's... So bright.
1: That, that's, that, that's, that's great, though. And and it's always... I mean, everyone is going to screw up and, and and mess it up. And, and it's actually great in a way to front-end it. Yeah. In a way, just at university, in a situation where it doesn't matter, mm. as opposed to... Uh, kind of keeping yourself out of the situations where you might screw up and then the first time where you might is a a training contract interview or whatever. Yeah. And then invariably you will because it'll be it will happen. Yeah, everyone's it's it's normal, it's natural. Everyone's nervous, you'll freeze, you'll be asked a question that you haven't prepared. And you're just and so yeah, I I, I do think that's it's it's definitely good for that reason. So
2: I I didn't realise until I did it that it was actually real judges as well. Yeah I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it'd be a teacher. And then it was a real charge. Sure. Wow. So yeah, that's definitely good preparation for the future. Would recommend. So you graduated um, with fantastic grades and then you began begun um, working as a paralegal at a city law firm, um, a law firm that is really ambitious and w- without going into too much detail is known for advising public and private owned businesses. Um, it's also active in banking and finance cases as well as other sectors. Um, can you tell us a bit more about your life as a paralegal? Was it what you'd expected?
1: It wasn't as I expected, no. I mean, I, I loved it. It was yeah. great. And I, I would recommend to, to anyone to, to do a bit of paralegaling. It was it was really a worthwhile experience. But I sort of half expected it, because I had no idea what paralegaling was like before that. I knew it wasn't, yeah. you, you're not a trainee. You sort of put it in a in a dark cave next to the mm-hmm. office and sort of told to do paperwork. What, what was kind <laughs> of like, yeah. what does the paralegal do? But... Uh, as the firm that I was at is is a bit smaller and it's sort of, is quite partner heavy and they don't have that many trainees, uh, you're effectively just doing trainee work, which nice. is which is Sweet. great.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it is. Uh, and so I, I mean, I, I'm sure in some ways you're not doing exactly the same kinds of things, but ninety percent of the time you are, which means you, you effectively get an extra free seat mm, before right. you even start yeah. your training contract. It, it was it was really, really brilliant. Uh, and funny enough, a lot of the things which we're covering on the LPC now, just about business law and, and just doing all the stuff that a trainee would do I, I, I'd been doing for like the last six months. So it's just, it's made the LPC that much more yeah, straightforward true, yeah. because I was like, oh yeah, I've, I've sort of been doing this in practice and and um, it was it was great though. And what was also particularly nice is, is I got to do a, a large variety of different works. So I got to do some corporate work, capital markets work within corporate things like employment, restructuring just all sorts of commercial elements and so it's just such a nice kind of introduction It before even doing the LPC or a training contract just to get an idea of what it's all like and to get a flavour of the work.
2: Nice, That's really good. So was it difficult for you to get a paralegal role without the LPC? Because I look on like job descriptions and it says you must have experience mm. or must have the LPC or must have a training contract secured. Sure. Is that, is that something that you found in your experience?
1: So um, I kind of shoved my CV or, or applied on on all these things like yeah. um, read.com and indeed.com yeah. and stuff. I didn't know what they were for. It was just through recruiters. And yeah. But I, I kind of get the impression that once you've uh, badged them enough and sort of put your CV on all of the three or six of these yeah. websites and, and got in contact with, 10 of these uh-huh. uh, recruiters. Kind of all of them have you on record yeah. in a way. And then funny enough, you just start getting calls from from right, people okay. about completely unrelated That's things, from unrelated recruiting firms about sort of different, different places. Um, and so just one day I got a call out of the blue um, by a recruiter saying, oh, look, do you want to sort of do this paralegaling role at said firm? And I was like, Sure, nice. that, that's, that sounds good. That's really yeah. Good, isn't that? Yeah. You just have to
2: put yourself out there enough and then you start getting opportunities. That's, that,
1: that's it, yeah. Mm. Um, I, and of course, th- there's, there's. I was, I was very frustrated at the start because when I started looking for paralegal roles, it was all a oh, 12-month fixed-term contract or, oh, you need uh, to have done the LPC or you need yeah. to have a training contract. But at least I found spend two or three weeks really sort of going at it and just firing off so many applications yeah. and that kind of stuff does start to trickle back regardless yeah. um, and there's there's lots of firms that uh, won't actually advertise but will still okay. happily take mm. on paralegals yeah n- not necessarily if it, with if any... you're the right candidate for yeah, the yeah yeah
0: so were you applying for training contracts whilst you were working as a
1: paralegal? no so in fact um, I got my training contracts. Uh, uni because that's right. when I'd done the vacation scheme right, okay. so so I, in fact I I'd, I hadn't originally intended to do paralegaling in mm. my sort of six months off between university finishing and LPC starting just just a few yeah. weeks ago in January yeah, yeah. and I'd intended to do some traveling and stuff but for various reasons that didn't particularly end up happening yeah. and so I was sort of twiddling my thumbs i was thinking what I what do what I kind of going to do <laughs> I find I have a couple of holidays planned but what do I really do for next six months I'm going to sort of drive myself crazy and so Paralegaling was kind of just an ancillary mm. thing unrelated to um, to getting the training contract. Yeah.
2: So you completed three vacation schemes uh, in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, one of which you secured a training contract with. So that's linked later. So getting three in in one year is pretty fantastic. Thank you. Um, did you? How did you prepare for all the assessment days? How do you think you were successful in in a number? Of, well, in all the assessment days you went to.
1: Uh, I think preparation-wise, it's. There's a lot of resources out there, so um, whether it's online or, or sort of buying books for a few, few quid off Amazon, yeah. or, or these that, that there are you can sort of assemble a bank of about right. 300 questions yeah. that everyone has ever been asked at a trading contract interview ever. Yeah. Full stop. And 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 I'm not suggesting that you sort of go out and mm. write answers and and verbatim remember, uh, but it's it's if you've had to think about them, maybe as I'm asking them beforehand, then at least you have these things mulling over in your mind yeah. and you're never going to sort of get into an interview and someone asks you something and you're just flawed because you've just never even conceived of the possibility of being right. asked that question. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just the preparation of kind of, yeah, doing what you can to avoid being flawed and just, just sort of freezing in the interview. And then actually a really, really good one, or quite a good tip, I think, which um, someone passed on to me, which I've never seen anywhere else or heard anywhere else. And, and I find it very surprising. Actually, I heard it on my vacation scheme um, at Lignators, but it was still, it's relevant for assessment centers for vacation schemes as it is for training contract interviews Uh at the end of vacation schemes. And she said to me, you just need to know the basics, right? For all the sort of more commercial awareness stuff, all the things like acquisitions, deals. You don't need to be an expert in any of these things. How could you be? Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to know the basics. And so i ask, OK, well, wh- where do I find out the basics? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know what a law firm does uh-huh. on a deal and then suddenly companies are bought and so on. And she goes, OK, well, let's work this out. At, at what point do you think law students generally do really work this stuff out? And I go, OK, well, I mean, probably on the LPC, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's when you're just studying the stuff for six months. And she goes, OK, yeah. And what... To these law students on the LPC use to, to learn this material? Oh, well, well they have LPC textbooks. Ah,
0: that uh, is.
1: Uh, and uh, it, it clicks. Uh, and she goes, yeah, mm-hmm. so you, you don't need to read and remember 400 pages of an LPC textbook. But if there's an LPC textbook called Mergers and Acquisitions that every law student before he goes and does a corporate seat yeah. does, mm-hmm. and you read the first five pages, mm-hmm. which explains to you what mergers and acquisitions are, what the lawyers on the deal actually do. Mm-hmm. And here are the four basic points that you need to know about it. Right. And you go into an interview and that that's, that is is all uh, uh, an interviewer would expect you to know. Yeah. And, and in a funny way, um, I, I have an inkling that sort of all of the case studies and questions are, are sort of kind of taken from and adapted from and made a slightly easier version of stuff from the LPC. Right. So, uh, and, you know, the, the, these books, the, I'm not saying you'd necessarily go and buy a new one for 40 quid off Amazon, but you could find a secondhand one or probably find one at a library or with a few mates, chip in five quid each, and just get sort of the one on mergers and acquisitions, public companies, equity finance, debt finance, and you just spend a few days. And then before you know it, you are sorted for all of the sort of commercial Case study type stuff that you'd ever be asked to think about, or write about, or or interview about.
2: That's really good advice. I've never heard anyone give that advice. Well, this was
1: this was the thing, and so so when this person said it to me, I was I was kind of praying at her Mm -hmm. feet, saying, "This is the best thing someone's ever said to me," and I've never seen it anywhere else. And, And how can this be? And actually, funny enough. Once, once you hear it, you go. That actually makes sense. That that's make like a lot
2: of sense. quite obvious yeah.
1: in hindsight, right? Mm. So that's quite a good tip, I would say.
2: That's great advice. Um,
1: Thank you. No, no, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it is good um, because it's always difficult. But because if 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 you're sort of being told, okay, well, to prepare for interviews read the financial times and you go okay so i can yeah. read the financial times and you, you turn onto page one of the financial times and there's it's all jargon and you could be reading hieroglyphics yeah right yeah. For, for, for all you know and so then you go okay well i'll do what i've been told to do which is write down these terms and then google these terms and so sort of try and keep a, a logbook of what yeah. credit spreads on gilts means or w- whatever and of course you can't find a straightforward answer online but there's an answer in in Two paragraphs um, on page one of the textbook of debt finance. So yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think there's a lot of emphasis on on reading like the Financial Times, but I don't think there is so much advice on how to actually get ready for um, the other the the other side of commercial awareness, which is the understanding how businesses are structured. So yeah, and and how mergers and acquisitions work. Yeah. You can't really learn that from, well, that's from right. the financial
1: uh, time. No, that's right. And it was always something that always confused me a great yeah. deal uh, because you'd be told, okay, well, so you need to be commercially aware. Yeah, I still don't know what commercial awareness no, or commercial awareness means. Yeah, is Nobody knows. <laughs> I, I don't even think the people who tell you that you need to be commercially aware know what commercial awareness yeah. actually means. Yeah. Um, and it's just a buzzword. Uh, and then are you inspected, uh, expected to kind of intuit somehow what? how a merger and acquisition works?
2: Yeah, really? I, know. I, I didn't know that I'd need to know that for interviews until quite recently. Sure, really. sure. I thought it was literally just, you know, do you understand what's going on in the news and like how it yeah. might affect
1: the yeah. law
2: firm or their clients? Then that makes sense. But then sure. actually knowing exactly how things work and, and knowing about different clauses that might be in a
0: contract that yeah. it's not really clear. No. I thought it was also that. about like, predicting the future, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to know what's sure. going to happen in a year's time. So yeah. you can, so. So you can yeah. prep and happen be one step ahead of the game. Yeah.
1: Mm. I, I, and the thing is, is, is some, a few people <laughs> who I've kind of told that uh, tip yeah. to, they'll sort of think, oh, that this is, uh, that, that almost feels like you're sort of cheating or oh, you're sort of using these material, or oh, you shouldn't be doing that. And but, but the thing is, is lawyers work from precedence, right? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you, but when a client comes along to you and says, I want you to do a deal for me, you don't go, okay, I'm going to make up off the top of my head and intuit how to write a share purchase agreement. Mm. You go to the last one written. Yeah, so in the yeah. same way, if you're being asked, oh, how does a merger work? And, and you know, they probably don't expect much from you, but are you supposed to intuit it? Or do you go, go to the precedent, as it were, and go, okay, that's how it works.
2: But that's interesting as well, because... If people have studied, I mean, a lot of people have studied the LPC before they get their training contract yes, haven't they? So which is a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, I didn't really even think about it like that, but I suppose they would know exactly what what's expected of them in the interview. Whereas someone who hasn't studied the LPC, sure, and was just at second second year. I mean, looking back to my university experience, I would have never have known. No. never have known that that's
1: what i would have needed to know for an interview sure so I, I, and of course I, I mean that there is the possibility that i'm sort of uh, what, what i'm suggesting is overkill right uh, and doing too much I think it and is. i don't but think it is either. It, it's like um, my, my, my view is it's always better to be over prepared yeah. and just have that have all bases covered i agree Than to be under prepared and then go in and sort of Say I, I don't know, and yeah, um, I completely agree. So I, I think that's that's definitely a good one. And then just generally, I think that the other thing about interviews and, and assessment centers is, I mean, everyone is nervous when you go in for them, right? And, and you're all sat down there in the lobby together or whatever, and some people seem confident. And you're thinking, how the hell are you confident? I mean, sort of, the, the, I might get we might get jobs or get rejected today. This is this is serious stuff. Um, <laughs> But I, I, and actually, I, I do remember for my uh, first vacation scheme um, at Clifford Chance, uh, I, I remember beforehand, I was sat outside in, there's these gardens in Canary Wharf um, yeah. in the morning and I had bought myself a copy of the Financial Times uh, oh. and I was, I was sat there sort of half shaking <laughs> and I bought myself a coffee from Costa and oh, I, no. I took a sip and I went, actually, no, I'm already like too buzz on adrenaline. I'm going to sort of explode. About it. And, and I was trying to read the Financial Times and and the words for hieroglyphics, I I, I I was so nervous. I, and, but, what the hell is the mess? Yeah 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 yeah. It's so, but but so everyone's nervous. But so I think a good a good tip is when you go in and you're confronted with said partner, said senior associate, it's present the person that you'd want to be, yeah. uh, and and it's yeah it's. I think it helps you settle down and feel more confident. And some people might go, "Oh, well, you're not being your true self, whatever." But I think it is a really, really—it's just aiming for who you're trying to be and present that self, being your
0: best, yeah, being your best self. It is pretending to be a person you're acting yeah. if you're acting as a person that's already got a training that's course. exactly
1: that is best than i could have said it and and funny enough and it sounds stupid in a way and it sounds it sounds fake but i do remember especially in like my, my first couple of, of assessment centers went so nervous you haven't been through it before uh, in the first 5 or 10 minutes you're sitting down and, and talking so just just kind of like almost focus your energy yeah. on on acting <laughs> as this different character this outgoing confidence of fantastic person who knows that they'll get the job and then after 20 minutes you'll self-perpetuate you'll settle down and and you and that person will kind of merge and it will just be yeah. the best version of you yeah um whereas if you go in of course you'll just be nervous and you'll be Takes quiet the and off a bit. it does
0: meet you're somebody else.
1: that's exactly right and and you sort of you, you can't overthink it or be nervous if if it you. Some, yeah, if you're spending your energy thinking about... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's Funny, a good one. It? It is. <laughs> yeah. its Yeah. It's kind of a different strand of when people say, oh, so go and do a Superman pose in front of the oh, mirror. Before. Yeah, but it's, it's this that. whole idea of kind of like, yeah, just just convincing yourself yeah. that, that, you know, you, you're sort of more confident and yeah. all that sort of thing.
2: There's a, a girl that I follow on Instagram mm-hmm. and I was looking at her Insta posts. She's got a training contract at Clifford Chance. Oh, wow. And she said that on her way to her interview, she would like play Beyonce and pretend she was Beyonce. Yeah, was yeah,
0: like, that's <laughs> absolutely I right. am such a fit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just, yeah, envision
2: that's yourself it, as the person that you would want to be. Yeah, like,
1: yeah, be, think you're walking to that like, interview as yeah. Jessica Pearson or Harvey Specter yeah, from Suits. Definitely. What would they do? You know, exactly. you're already- Harvey and, and by that, I'm not saying sort of, be aggressive and yeah. sort of look down on them. Your your interviewers, but just yeah,
0: don't try and be like Lewis lit. But, but I think it's lots of people do that, even past this interview stage. You probably find that big big game players are like pretending that they're
1: somebody else. They don't right. think it stops at this no, level. No, no, I, I think everyone's always nervous to an extent, mm. and it's just it's a way. It, it, it's it's a, a method yeah. of coping and just and getting through it. Yeah,
2: were your um, vacation schemes different to e- to each other?
1: They They're were, yeah, yeah, no, I actually had quite different experience with all of them. I won't name which firm is <laughs> as, as which for, for obvious reasons, but uh, one was sort of quite hands-off yeah. and, and sort of trying to go and kind of find your own work in a way and, right. and that sort of thing. Then another was, it was more hands-on and then more things mm-hmm. planned. And then uh, the third one as well as there being more things planned, there were like sort of extra like tasks and bits of work that like, they were like sort of giving to you and sort of testing okay. you on and stuff. So it was actually quite different experiences. Mm. So yeah, it, it was it was funny how much they all differed right. in a way. But what, what I did notice, especially with the shorter vacation schemes, uh, so actually in, in first year, so that was Clifford Chance. And then second year, the two shorter ones the Norton Rose and McFarland's because they were just two weeks, whereas Linklater's was actually four weeks Um but it is yeah but so with with the shorter ones like i i kind of feel like the week or two weeks it's when you're actually there at the office it's just about not cocking up basically and then most of it is still on that interview at the end of of the process and so you, you could be brilliant or bang average the whole way through the vacation scheme but you still need to treat that that final interview as just if you're going for an assessment center again because if you do slightly average in that interview, you're, 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 you're done. You can't,
2: you can't think, oh, I've I've really Nailed it. networked with everyone. I've really shown what I can do. It all rides on that final interview. When,
1: when, when it's when it's the shorter vacation scheme. Yeah, so that definitely okay. is generally because link is is rare in doing a four week summer one right, because most yeah. firms are just a couple. But so with link being four weeks, I think there is more of an emphasis on the work that you're doing over the course of the month mm-hmm. and getting to know people and stuff. So then by the time it comes to the interview, uh, it's they already have a pretty decent idea about you. But otherwise, if you think about it like this, so if, you, if you're if you on a two week vacation scheme and you turn up on Monday and it's just induction, right? Um, and then you have Tuesday to Friday and you'll have a couple of exciting things put on. So you're really in the office for sort of two and a half days. And then you're told at the end of the week, okay, so your training contract interview is next Wednesday. And in reality, you've you've only really been spending time in the office and doing stuff for two and a half days uh-huh. you have monday and tuesday as well and that, that that sort of changes the perspective from oh i'm I'm on a two-week vacation scheme mm-hmm. to really i'm trying to get a feel for the place in four days and then i'm being grills again
2: yeah so how do you prepare for the final interview is that something? Because I've heard people would, like, keep a very detailed log and yeah. a diary of every single day so that yeah. they've got a lot to talk about in their final interview. I,
1: I think that that's definitely worth doing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise you sort of forget. And yeah. so it's definitely keeping a log of the various things that you're doing. But then kind of just preparing for it as if it's like the sort of vacation scheme or assessment right. centre interview again because you tend to have the written tasks and the partner oh, okay. interviews. And I don't think... I had competency things again, but so it was pretty similar structure in terms of the kinds of interviews. So quite commercial going through Mm -hmm. the same sorts of things, but of course with a bit of an emphasis of what have you actually done here and stuff. Um, But uh, I'm probably the the wrong person to be asking about how to sort of turn a vacation scheme into a trading contract (laughs) because I only have a 25% conversion rate. So of the four, I I cocked up uh, the first three. (laughs)
2: But hey, everyone needs practice, right? yeah, So
1: well, Yeah, that, that's the thing. So, so um, but
2: hey, who it, knows? It's not even that you... That's not necessarily the case anyway. Sometimes it could be like a cultural fit. like Sure. Like, yeah, that's true. It's, it's not always about you. It's about you and the firm. Yeah. It's about the firm. So, it's not I, 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 anything it's, to do with what you did.
1: It's a fair point that you make because in retrospect, it, it's also... Uh, it, you will just have different experiences yeah. in your in your interviews at different firms and there may just be the case in one interview that uh maybe you just don't get on particularly with yeah. people interviewing you or they're having a bad day or it's just a particularly difficult but so point being that if say you have one training contract interview and you don't get it and you think oh my god i'm not good enough mm-hmm. don't right?
0: take it personally. don't
1: take yeah. because uh, 50% of it's luck mm. about who's interviewing you on that day, what comes up, whether you choose to get on and stuff. Yeah. And, and it's just it's just keep going at it because yeah. if you're there to start with, you're good enough to get a Absolutely. job at one of these firms. Absolutely,
2: I completely agree.
1: And so it's just getting on with it and, yeah. and continuing.
2: And I think sometimes when you reflect and you look back on your experience, it's probably the right thing because, you, I mean, they're recruiting people that they they can see like staying there for a long time and if they think, oh, well, this person's not going to really, I can, I can tell this person's not going to like it here sure. because it's very corporate and sure. this person d- doesn't seem like they would necessarily stay here for the long haul. I guess that could that could um, play a part in it as well. So yeah, yeah definitely. I, think, I think definitely personality matches. Yeah. It's important because you, you want to know that you will enjoy the work and Absolutely. enjoy turning up every day. That's right. And it's, yeah, yeah it's a two-way street, isn't it? It is, it and is. It is always a two-way street. And sometimes when you've got vacation schemes and, and um, interviews and you're just so focused on actually nailing that training contract that you actually turn a blind eye to whether thinking is this place the right fit for me. That's,
1: that's definitely right, yeah. it is, it is. I, I mean actually a, a kind of connected point not so much to do with uh, the training contracts and, and themselves but mm. just uh, that made me think of when you're applying for firms right, yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, when you're doing a handful of applications, like, there's one or two firms that you'd like really, really like to go to. Yeah. And, like, that uh, it's funny because, like, in that stage, keep an open mind because those firms that you might like at that point may just reject you outright yeah. or they'll reject you at any other one of the stages. And then a firm that you hadn't even necessarily, it might have been the last one that you applied to and you just mm-hmm. thought, oh, I might as well just apply. That'll be the one that you get the training yeah. contract. So so it's, so so in that sense too, yeah. it, it's 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 a funny it's a funny thing how it works out. So it's, it's keep, definitely keep an open mind because yeah, different firms can surprise you or things that firms that you thought you might want to go to, you might end up feeling actually it's not for me. And, it's a very yeah.
2: exciting time, isn't it? Very exciting.
1: Yeah it, yeah. Um,
2: slightly nerve wracking, <laughs> but very exciting. Um, So you'll actually soon be starting your training contract um, at uh, Liglatas, the Magic Circle firm, who um, are experts in corporate finance and dispute resolution. Which area, do you know what area you want to specialise in yet or are you keeping an open mind?
1: I I mean definitely keeping an open mind because um, it's a sod's law if Mm -hmm. you think, oh I know I'm going to be a litigator. You turn up, you do a litigation seat and you hate it and you end up wanting to do... Tax or something, mm-hmm. um, but that said, I am fairly set on kind of corporate m Yeah, m um, and That's your. That's your. Yeah, plan. yeah. So sort of maybe sort of financial sponsor side, so sort of like private equity yeah. side of it, and having done the paralegaling also, where I've sort of done some of that kind of, work, that's also reassured me that that's probably the the, the sort of sector or the, the practice area that I, I do want to do.
2: And did you always know that you wanted to be a commercial lawyer or did you ever think, oh, maybe I want to do criminal when you're at uni or so, any other type of law?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, definitely not. I didn't always know I wanted to be a commercial lawyer. I was, I was put off criminal uh, quite early on. Because I, I know a lot of people go and do law at university and it's like, oh, this idea of being a great criminal barrister. and, yeah. and But uh, at least in my eyes, I, I spoke to a criminal barrister, I think just at the start of university. And he goes, look, mate, I'm going to give it to you straight. Um, when you start, chances are uh, you're going to get a brief at 7pm on Sunday night and you're going to have to catch a train to who knows where at 4am <laughs> on Monday morning and defend a bloke who's robbed the corner shop for a Freddo, <laughs> right? That's uh, so
0: true. Yeah, uh,
1: and, and, and so... And in that moment, <laughs> all of my sort of just just dreams and sort of illusions of what yeah. uh, uh, is just shattered. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so so this is what it's like. I think I think I'll sort of say no to that one. That's okay. Next. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, not criminal. Uh, but I, I, was, I was always probably slightly more interested in the sort of business world and, and economics and finance. So. I guess it was, it was an a effect. natural, yeah.
0: Natural progression. I would yeah. want to help people get off
1: that have clearly done something wrong. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. Because you have to take a case, like if you're if you're Absolutely a barrister and you get asked to do a case, yeah, like you have to take it unless yes. you can prove that you're too busy, yeah, um, or another reason. But yeah, um, yeah. That's that's one of the reasons that I would, I would just find it way statement. too emotional. I, I think did so. Some um, uh, some mini pupilages when oh, well.
1: I was
2: at uni at, and just sitting in like murder trials I uh, just find it too emotional and I just couldn't I, I could not do that every day no I think it no. would really affect me so
0: yeah
2: yeah I feel uh, it's amazing that that uh, you know people, there are people out there that do enjoy
0: it yeah but I, yeah. I don't think it's for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah not not for me either
0: <laughs> so we covered how you found out the basics of commercial awareness. Kind of. How do you keep up with um, commercial awareness, like on a day-to-day basis? Other than reading the Financial Times in Canary Wharf.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, upside down. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Wait. What what (laughs) page? That's why it was like hieroglyphics. Yeah. Um, To be fair, for, for all of my slating of the FT. I think it's great, and, and now like it, I, I I'm, I'm actually one of those really sad, boring people who sort of reads the FT on a daily basis, and sort of Saturday morning, sun's out, get your coffee, and even though I have much, much better things to do, probably I, no, not really. No, um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you, you know, I want to open the FT weekend. This is yeah, so I'm I'm quite boring about oh, that. But, um, no, it's okay. not boring. It's, it's, it's,
2: nice to, it's nice to see that. Uh, that Nothing you're excited about, about it. Yeah, I think that's really, that's it's, good.
1: it's one of those things where um, if you do it consistently, yeah. so you start off not understanding what it's about mm. and not being interested. Mm. And just over time, I, I guess just like any hobby or or sorry, or rather any, any habit or whatever it might yeah. be, you just, you build it up. And then uh, now I, I feel weird if I'm sort of, if I don't read it, I don't sort of keep up to date with stuff and, yeah. and I find it interesting and- um,
0: It must be such a fantastic feeling. Getting to that point where you understand what's going on in that newspaper, coming to be from fair, like, oh my God, I can't read
1: it at all. To be fair, there's still about 30% of it, which I don't. Just just all of the sort of very technical bits about bond yield and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just, I go, Phew. next page. Yeah, yeah well, let, you know, that. Rome uh, wasn't
0: built in a day, yeah, was it? But you've yeah. got to start some. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Plus, they also actually have a surprisingly good like, art section. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's quite bougie, but it's, it's good. <laughs> I'm um, going to I'm gonna have yeah. to
2: get a subscription because yeah. I listen to the FT News Briefing it's really good. podcast. It's
1: really good. It's really
2: good. And like Wake Up To Money and all, yeah. all the podcasts that everyone kind of recommends. Yeah. But I don't actually have an FT subscription, so I might have to go and get myself one.
1: To be fair, I, I think it's yeah. pretty cheap for students. Yeah. Or, or you can sort of split it with some mates and stuff yeah. and, and it's, um, yeah, it's it, it definitely is affordable but leaving the beloved FT aside. And here's like quite a weird one. I guess as a way of like keeping up generally with commercial awareness and understanding the whole business world. And yeah. I really like reading all these business thrillers. So oh, with these right. classics like Barbarians at the Gates, uh, Liars, Poker, I'm reading one right now, Dead of Thieves, which is about uh, uh, all of this dodgy insider trading in the eighties. Oh wow, that
2: um, does look interesting.
1: It, it, thing is though, is, is there's there's probably about Fifteen or twenty of them, which are sort real classics, and or, or, or even things like Too Big to Fail, which is about two thousand eight mm. in the financial crisis. Yeah. And um, in in reading them, or I think it's 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 quite good to read them for a couple of different reasons. One, if you read them and you actually enjoy them, then you go, okay, I am interested in this world. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you read them and you hate them then maybe it's an inclination that actually it might, might not be for I, you. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, okay if it's not yeah. for you. It, if it's it just not means for it
0: meant for something else.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And, and and of course, it might be the case that you find them boring, but you still end up loving what you're doing. But the suggestion is, is maybe it acts as a bit of a barometer. Mm-hmm. If you find it all really boring, <laughs> then maybe, it, yeah, as, as we said, it's, it's not for you. But also, in reading them, I think you actually get a really good insight into of the corporate world and the actors who play within it because in writing uh, taking too big to fail which was about uh, 2008 for example Mm -hmm. uh, which was written by uh, by a guy called andrew ross sorkin it was effectively written based off hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of interviews with the top corporate lawyers the top investment bankers uh people from the fed ben bernanke the president the prime minister uh chancellor of the exchequer and this is all tied so, so you basically have condensed into 400 pages the collected knowledge of probably the fifty or hundred most clued up people about the corporate world on probably the most important event right. in in our lifetimes, yeah. and it's written as a thriller, so it's exciting. Nice. And and so it's 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 like it's quite useful. It's, no, it's really yeah. good.
2: I've, again, I've never heard of this, you know, way of, of developing a commercial yeah. knowledge.
1: I think it's amazing. And and in a sort of a, a, a funny way with that. You, you kind of get to actually see what lawyers and investment bankers do in reality. So, so, so you hear from press releases, oh, firm has advised X firm in buying Y firm, or but you don't really know what it actually entails. Uh-huh. Whereas these books go into the nitty gritty and the juicy last minute things that happen at midnight and, and all of the steps. So you, you basically get to step into the feet of the senior partners at the top firms around the world as they're doing the most exciting things. Yeah. Basically. And so that's wow. like, it's, yeah, it's quite cool. That sounds and, awesome. Um, I,
0: I'm definitely going to go and order those books now. <laughs> I want to stop reading them I've started reading The Secret Barrister, but stopped reading it. I think I might pick that up again and I guess that's kind of the
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. The thing I found about The Secret Barrister was um, it was a really important book and and it's very very uh, it, it's it's good to read as an expose of just the criminal justice system uh-huh. and how it's chronically underfunded and and it needs to be better. But mm-hmm. it was also so depressing. I got about halfway through and it was just more of the same. And I just thought,
0: I know what you mean. That's why I stopped reading. <laughs> this is the thing.
1: <laughs> and from everyone I've spoken to, they're like, oh yeah, I stopped reading about two thirds of the way yeah. through because it's just more of the same and it's just so depressing. I realise it's bad, but I just, oh. yeah, yeah. sounds a bit of a downer rather than
0: like a thriller. Yeah, it was a bit, yeah. I mean, I had it on audiobook as well, uh, and the okay. voice was a little bit like dry as well, so probably yeah. didn't add to it. But um, sure. I would like to keep on reading it just because I I'd like to finish something when I start it. But,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I've
0: made notes for those other books that you mentioned, so I'm going to get onto those. Sure. As well. Yeah,
1: it's they're the, the good fun.
0: Well, this has been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much for. Well, thank you. Such a fantastic guest. Thank
1: you for having me. It's it's been it's been a lot of fun. Oh great.
2: Thanks for tuning yeah, in, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next time.
0: For more student lawyer information, commercial awareness quizzes and interviews, head over to thestudentlawyer.com. If you're a student lawyer who is interested in becoming part of the team, email us at hello at studentlawyer.com.